The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time here on Riviera Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, thank you, Howard. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Well, last week we discussed property and focused on downsizing and various taxation aspects relating to property. Judging by the response we receive from various listeners, this is a very emotive subject, as many see their property as their legacy. We clearly need to dig a little bit deeper to better understand things from a succession and inheritance perspective. However, before we discuss property and succession, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, Howard, last week we, we began our broadcast by highlighting the well-documented but unfortunate events that have befallen Charles Leclerc previously at his home track here in Monaco and wished him and hoped for the better look at last week's 79th Monaco Grand Prix. Unfortunately, though, on lap 29, he pitted for intermediate tyres, but just one lap later, Ferrari called him back in for slicks. He was, to, to say the least, a little furious, but the mistake once again denied our home hero the victory he so desperately seems to want. After two delays, which drove the uh, the TV commentators, I heard, crazy, the, the race began in very slippery conditions behind the safety car, and by lap 23's, Red Bull's Sergio Perez was in the lead. Carlos Sainz was second, with Max Verstappen leading leading Charles Leclerc. And that's how it stayed until the end. Um, and with the delayed start, the clock was ticking towards six o'clock. Now, before Perez had finished celebrating his victory and the record number of attendees uh, making, made their way home, the issue of Monaco losing its spot on the Formula 1 calendar was back in the spotlight. Despite the ACM president's assertion that Monaco would not be axed from the calendar, no contract for 23 and beyond has yet been signed. As you would expect, money is an issue, but other issues such as coverage are equally as important. Monaco apparently is the only race which is broadcast by the local television company, not F1's own TV station, which F1 believes has led to what they described as a quality gap, which they're no longer willing to accept. In Monaco... F1's corporate track advertising is supplemented also by the local deals. The world knows that uh, Monaco is a very tight track with the, where overtaking is, uh, is difficult, but changing the harbour front chicane and widening a few corners could apparently resolve that issue. But we are told that the ACM are reluctant to entertain those sort of ideas. Toto Wolff, the Mercedes team principal, said after Saturday's qualifying, Monaco has to embrace the new realities of what the sport stands for today, there is a growing feeling that to survive, Monaco will have to adapt. After the Grand Prix dust had settled, so to speak, Monaco then remained at the forefront of world news when His Serene Highness Prince Albert was interviewed by London's Financial Times. It was a wide-ranging and frank interview, covering various topics from Russian residents, financial transparency, to environmental issues. Prince Albert said that only a handful of Monaco's 749 Russian residents were on the list of sanctioned oligarchs, and they've been appropriately dealt with. Prince Albert highlighted the importance of signing the tax transparency agreement with the EU back in 2018, which enabled the sharing of banking information with the European Union. Now, the European Union this week voted to reduce the imports of Russian crude oil by 90% by the end of the year. As a result, instead of receiving €10 billion a month, Russia will receive just €1 billion, which will be significant because Russia is apparently spending over €60 billion a month on the war with Ukraine. 
President Emmanuel Macron, the current President of the European Council, said, Russia has chosen to continue its war in Ukraine. Therefore, united in solidarity with the Ukrainian people, Europe will now take new decisive sanctions. Turning to today's subject matter, if you live in France but you own a property in the UK, do you pay UK inheritance tax or French succession tax? Um, the, the the simple answer to that question, Howard, is potentially both. France and the UK have a double tax treaty, so you won't pay tax twice. But if your heirs' French succession tax liability is higher than what your estate pays in the UK, then more tax will need to be paid to the fisc. From an estate planning perspective, there are a few fundamental differences between the French rules and how things work in the UK. In the UK, you're free to leave whatever you want to whoever you want. There are no restrictions. France operates under a totally different system. Most of the, the listeners will have heard about the or heard of the Napoleonic Code, but maybe they're not familiar with just how it works. In very simple terms, as the name suggests, the Napoleonic succession rules were first designed over 200 years ago, and the rules force assets to be passed down the family bloodline. It's important to understand, whatever your will says, that will cannot override French succession law. However, a UK will can dictate what happens to UK-situated assets. So lots of people retain UK property and UK assets because they're, they're beyond the influence of what many consider to be the draconian Napoleonic succession laws. This is a strategy that's, that's frequently used by many couples uh, who are on second or subsequent marriages or relationships. I met a couple very recently who both had children from their previous marriages. They've been together now for years and they told me that they don't need to get married because they're very happy simply living together. Now, they had actually requested a meeting to discuss their pensions, not succession. But during our conversation, I discovered that they'd left most of their assets in the UK, as they put it, away from the grabbing hands of the French taxman. Their DIY strategy is particularly effective or is, is partially effective, I would probably say, because they can leave UK assets to whoever they want and avoid France's protective air rules. However, they're French tax residents, very animated about being European, and because of Brexit, very clear, they will never return to live in the UK. So that's where their DIY succession strategy fell apart, or falls apart, because the survivor will pay French succession tax when they receive their deceased partner's half of the UK property. You might arrive in France with a UK will, which leaves everything to a surviving spouse or partner, then subsequently to the children. But without correct planning and wills appropriately written for living in France, a UK will is easily redundant, and any previous estate planning could also prove to have been just a complete waste of time, and as importantly, money. So how much tax would the survivor pay? Well, the, this couple, or should I say the surviving partner, would have a whacking €630,000 to pay because the UK property is in the home counties and it's currently worth around £1.5 million. And the survivor's French tax liability, because they've chosen not to get married, would be 60%. Simply tying the knot would not reduce the tax liability um, or if they actually got married and it's appropriate for France, that liability could reduce to absolutely nothing, zero. Which highlights the fact, when you know what you want, proper planning can save an awful lot of money. We frequently find ourselves acting as counsellors. What people want and their principles don't necessarily easily align. 
This is especially the case if someone experiences a messy divorce and wants to avoid a future repetition, but they also want to do what they feel is appropriate for their new partner. Can those tax liabilities be reduced? Um, well, in that particular case, all I could do was point out where their strategy, shall we say, had its flaws and what they can do to improve it. In this instance, there was a great deal of debate between them getting married or selling the property, which then involved the whole family, because their kids, even their grandchildren, came into the mix because their respective extending families used the UK property. One of them had endured a very messy and acrimonious divorce. I wouldn't say this situation is the norm, but we do experience similar situations on a fairly frequent basis. And it's probably true to say everyone potentially needs a slightly different solution because there's not one fits all strategy because we're, we're all individual. There are some simple cost effective solutions as well that don't need you to make such dramatic decisions such as getting married or selling your house. Sometimes it's simply enough to restructure or re-engineer how you hold your assets or understand the ramifications of seemingly simple financial transactions. I recently met another couple who are, are in the process of moving to France. Their UK financial advisor had told them their pension commencement lump sums will be taxable if they took them after they moved to France, so they need to get their hands on those monies before they move. Their UK advisor was partially correct, but if that couple followed that advisor's advice, over £800,000 would now be exposed to UK inheritance tax, and then, after they move to France, French succession tax. If you have an assurance fee, don't take out what you don't need to spend. Monies in an assurance fee enjoy, at the very least, beneficial succession tax treatment. Frequently, all the capital can be exempt from succession tax, so why would you want to withdraw income if it's not needed, or leave cash or investments sitting outside if they could be wrapped better in a tax-exempt or tax-beneficial safety blanket, for want of a better way of describing an assurance V? So if our legacy is our property, could our heirs pay more tax than they need to? Uh, that, that, that's frequently the case, however. Property is very liquid, and in the UK, the IHT threshold has not increased since April 2009. So for the past 13 years, the UK taxman has been gradually receiving more and more inheritance tax. In 2015, a new residential nil-rate ban for property was gradually introduced, which effectively increased the IHT threshold to around half a million. But to qualify for this additional allowance, you must own a UK property. And importantly, for our listeners, that UK property must be your main home, which these days is practically impossible if you're a French resident and you want to retain your carte de séjour. HMRC recently revealed it had generated a staggering £6.5 billion from IHT receipts in just the last 12 months. I can't see that trend changing anytime soon because the UK has frozen most of its tax thresholds, including the, the IHT threshold, until 2026. Now, the UK is not alone in adopting this type of strategy. It was actually a little late to the party. France reduced its succession tax thresholds during President Sarkozy's tenure in the Elysee Palace and they have not materially changed since then. We shouldn't forget, when you leave your UK property to a friend or a relative, your estate will pay 40% tax if that estate exceeds £325,000 sterling. If you're a French resident when you die, your kids could be liable to a further 5% in French succession tax. Your siblings could have an additional 15% tax bill 
and beneficiaries with no blood ties to you will have another 20% to pay on top, which could mean your legacy that you're leaving to these people will actually have to be sold just to pay the tax bill. How can we work out what is best for us? <laughs> yeah, French succession tax is payable on, on a French resident's worldwide estate when he or she dies. The beneficiaries pay succession tax on the amount they receive. I alluded to some of the exemptions and allowances earlier, but transfers to spouses or tax partners are entirely exempt from tax. Children enjoy a no-rate band of €100,000. And then there are some smaller allowances for heirs who are more distant, shall we say, in the bloodline. Bluntly speaking, it makes very little difference whether the beneficiary receives a lump sum, a property or another asset because succession tax is calculated on the value of their inheritance. However, there are certainly more opportunities to reduce your heirs' succession tax bills if they receive a lump sum rather than inheriting a property. Holding investments... As I mentioned a little earlier, inside an assurance fee is a brilliant way to eliminate or substantially reduce the succession tax your beneficiaries will pay when you die. That's especially the case when your beneficiaries are not of your direct bloodline. Without any planning, those heirs could easily lose 60% of their inheritance to the French taxman. Is this something Blevins Franks are familiar with? Um, as we said numerous times before on these broadcasts, Howard, Blevins Franks are fully authorised and have been providing advice in France for, for over 45 years. Our advisors live and work locally, so they have an in-depth knowledge of the tax and the succession issues UK nationals living in France face. We believe a specialist locally based advisor is best placed to help you take advantage of suitable opportunities and secure financial peace of mind for both you and your family. These days, very few UK advisors can give French residents financial advice. But from a practical perspective, they are simply not experienced in French tax and legal matters. If you do nothing and hope your financial affairs are watertight, don't be surprised when you find that you've left the back door open and the taxman like the rain has been getting in, staining and ruining your financial arrangements. Gathering estate taxes is easier for the tax authorities than collecting many other taxes. The rules are pre-prescribed, but once you're dead, you're not around to argue. So the taxman is in charge, and if you've left a door open, it won't rain in, your wealth will flood out. Most of our listeners are probably not French. But if you're a British national, but French resident, who inherits when you die and how much tax will be due is governed by France's strict rules. Make a mistake with your strategic financial planning, and believe me, your wealth will flood out. If you have any doubts about reviewing your estate planning, just speak to somebody who has experienced the French legal system or the French tax authorities with the succession issue, especially after France changed its stance regarding the European Certificate of Succession. After so many people went to so much trouble and expense to use Brussels for, I can assure you, reviewing your estate planning will become a priority. What is strategic financial planning and what's involved? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a nice set of words, Howard, but... Uh, for, for most people, tax is a necessary evil. It, it's not very interesting, and, and most of us only think about it when we have to, when we look at our pay slips or our tax returns, or, heaven forbid, when we receive a letter from the FISC or HMRC. People continually ask us the same questions. The list of questions is quite long, but we're rarely asked the question that hasn't been asked before. Brexit, that thing that happened in the dim and distant past, has made the world undoubtedly a more complicated place for British nationals but it has also highlighted the need for a tax-driven financial plan. 
We refer to that plan as strategic financial planning because it's not just or all about tax, it's about you, your situation and what you want. Frequently, our clients refer to their strategic financial planning as their roadmap because we all need a plan or a strategy if we want to get where we want to go. That plan, as boring as it might be, must involve tax planning. And Blevins Franks, as I said before, have been providing British expatriates with strategic financial planning advice for over 45 years. We have first-hand knowledge and understand the issues our clients face, which means our clients have a one-stop shop where they know they were kept up to date as situation and developments evolve. Not taking care of your taxes is the easiest way for the taxman to legitimately take more than he needs to take and you can never get it back. In truth, your question really answers itself. If you've done everything you can to properly arrange your affairs or at the very least you're aware of what is required, Levin's Franks doesn't have a magic wand and many of the people who approach us have spent 40, 50, sometimes 60 years accumulating financial issues which frequently can't be completely resolved overnight. The first step is to decide you need to carry out a review. The next is picking up the phone, and then what happens more frequently these days, maybe visit our website. So if you'd like to discuss your strategic financial planning arrangements, contact our French office by calling 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Alternatively, you can call our Monaco office, and the number here is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you prefer, or, or if you prefer, you can find out more about Blevins Franks and arrange to meet with a Blevins Franks partner by simply visiting our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. The fountain of knowledge it is. Thank you very much, Rob. We'll talk again next Sunday morning. Absolutely, Howard. Look forward to it. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Are you a new resident in France and looking for financial advice? You need to understand how the French tax and succession regime affects you and the opportunities to protect your wealth. Blevins Franks has been providing effective tax, estate planning, investment and pension solutions to British expatriates for decades. Our local advisors have a wealth of experience in France. To benefit from their expertise, contact Blevins Franks on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.